Hello and welcome to the show. This is episode 9, Technologically Challenged Dads. Enjoy the show. Done. Okay. Got it, Mike. Uh, let, me, uh, let me get this message off my screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first off, hope you've had a good week. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the extracurricular time we've had together uh, both today and earlier in the week. And uh, like I said, I'm, a, I'm more of a uh, uh, hands-on learner. So, yeah. <laughs> so thanks for uh, being patient with me. And I think I now have a solution to the problem. Anyway, oh, what I was going to say, <laughs> what I was going to say, I'm sorry, a little bit late to the meeting. Um, I had a little chore that I was, um, that I assigned to myself and uh, you were, you, you had mentioned off camera about uh, it possibly being a honeydew. And I think, uh, <laughs> I think if I, uh, if I had let my, my wife know about it, uh, she would have said, not no, but hell no. Um, I'm, we've got this new dog and I, I don't know if you've seen her on, on camera yet or whatever, or all. I heard. Her. Yeah. You've heard her. <laughs> yeah. She's a little Karen Terrier, about six pounds. And, uh, a foster fail. We, we foster dogs quite a bit and a foster fail is like when a foster family, um, uh, for whatever reason, uh, doesn't decide to get rid of the foster. And, uh, so it's a foster fail. The dog wins, but it's it's kind of a kind of a, a, a you know a, a a blot on your record as a foster family. Whatever. Yeah, anyway, anyway um, trying to trying to to train this dog, and this dog, I mean, was was abandoned, and I picked her up from animal services, and she was that was a little disgusting, but she had uh, she had had mange, and oh, had had a few days of uh, of antibiotics and whatever they use for antifungal or whatever. And she didn't have any new growth, but the stuff she had, it was just like, oh, it was disgusting. Pitiful, pitiful shape. And uh, we've had her for two months now and she's, you know, kind of, kind of recovering nicely, furs growing back in. And, uh, but I took her to the vet last week and, uh, and I said, doc, this, they told us this, this dog was, two and a half years old and it's like and it's going around biting my fingers and toes all the time and it's got little sharp little teeth and it's it's like it, that's it, not it just, two and a half years old it, it just pees wherever it wants to pees and poops inside she goes she she looked at it and she says uh no no this dog is maybe a year old probably less and it's like great okay so anyway I've, I've had zero luck trying to trying to get this dog potty trained so i've been googling uh, ways to prevent your dog from peeing on the carpet. And one of the, one of the first things that comes White up is, they, uh, well, well, we have potty pads. I mean, we're stupid dog owners. We have potty pads for the dogs. It's just, it's nuts. Um, and, um, and the other two dogs know to use them. This one, Jen care. She's feral. You know, she goes anywhere she wants, whatever she wants. And it's like, so I saw this thing about vinegar solution and, uh, you know, and they all say, well, you know, it should be a half and half of white vinegar and water. I'm always the, I'm always kind of the more is better kind of guy. So, so I just mixed the 80, 20% vinegar <laughs> and water solution. Cause I want that dog to just, just hate even stepping on that rug. And 
we got wood floors otherwise i don't really care after that i'll if i can get them off the rugs first then i'll potty train them off the wood floors there you go so, but i think if i'd have told my wife about that it'd been like what you want to do what <laughs> it's like so um so anyway whatever works yeah whatever works because i mean it's like i just tossed two rugs over the side of our uh townhome and took them out to the garbage uh, earlier this week because again they were they were just rank yeah. <laughs> rank with the uh, dog piss and stuff so anyhow yeah, but the kids <laughs> a little sharing <laughs> a little sharing yeah the kids want to get a cat and when we moved up in i i've never been a fan of a cat for me as a pet i'm a dog person um but uh Mainly because when we moved up into this house when I was a kid, why the owners had a blue carpet and three cats, I'll never know. Because the carpet wasn't blue. It was green in certain <laughs> spots. Yep. So, and then my mother never liked cats. I don't know why. I, I, I never really got into it. You know why she did or didn't like them. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I was just never a cat person. Um, but now my uh, wonderful family has convinced me to get a cat. Much to my chagrin. Um, I'm like, great, as long as you take care of them, we're good. <laughs> well, um, I, in, in full disclosure, I'm not a I'm not a cat person either. I mean, I feel like if I'm if I'm taking care of an animal, I want an animal that's going to give me some positive feedback that it appreciates what I'm doing in their own way. And I know that when when Poppy, the little one, she she plays and she you know kind of gives me little little love bites that's her way of you know kind of uh, you know saying i'm part of the pack and all that and uh you know the other dogs are are like that in similar ways the one cat i had was uh, you know a gift to my ex on her for, on her birthday and uh this cat uh, although it, it, as cats go it was pretty is it was pretty uh amazing um he uh he was fixed, but he, I guess, I mean, he was an orange tabby. I don't know if there's something special about the breed, but he never, he never became docile, if you know what I mean. And uh, he always wanted to be outside. In fact, it was, it was so frustrating because it's like he would come in, he'd, he'd howl at the door. He'd want to come in, eat. And then he was, he was out the door. He rarely slept inside the house. He was not a house cat. When we when we lived up north of Dallas, um, we lived behind a farmer's field, and the farmer had grains growing, uh, sorghum, soybeans, whatever. And he would plow his field twice a year. And for four years, every time they plowed the field, that that cat would bring over rats, bring over mice. Uh, uh, he he once left a uh, a rabbit, you know, literally about four foot long, minus a head and a front paw. Um, all kinds of prizes like that. And he was just, he was just instinctual about that. And I, I, you know, what I would say is that if you want a low maintenance cat, find one that, that I guess the, the breed is, is generally expected to be outside. And I would think you could talk to a vet about that because, um, you know, they, they, and if you happen to get one by mistake and your, your kids want to have, a cat that's going to interact with them somewhat. You do not want that kind of cat because, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they're just going to want to be outside and hunting and roaming and 
you know, they have a pretty, they have a pretty wide perimeter that they roam. I mean, my old neighborhood, I mean, anywhere within a four block radius and how this, how this cat never got onto the main road and got squished. Uh, I'll never know. He actually died at 17 years old. Um, and he was, um, he actually was caught by a coyote, I think. I mean, cause I found, oh, wow. Well, yeah, I found pieces of them in the front yard, but here's the thing. Two weeks before he passed, he, he was still, uh, in shape enough to go, you know, catch a blue jay. And he was, you know, and he, <laughs> Talk he, had that, that. he had that thing. He had feathers and it was just disgusting. But, you know, it, it, the cat was just not, uh, it was just never meant to be an inside cat. And, you know, and he lived the life that he wanted to live. And, and again, um, turned out to be the best thing for us because, you know, I had no, I had no, no use for it, but I took care of it. Um, so I, anyway, all that being said is that, you know, I'm not a cat person either. Mm-hmm. I just, I would just encourage you that if you are going to go the cat route, you know, talk to a vet first and, and make sure that you've got at least a breed that is uh, going to be somewhat known to be interactive with humans um, because they will, uh, they will frustrate you at their lack, at their, at their indifference. I guess this is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> kind of like my kids. Um, anyway. <laughs> Indifference? Yes, my kids are all indifferent to me. Um, <laughs> unless they want something, but that's neither here there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like I like I missed having a, a pet around the a house and <sighs> hate to kind of dwell on the past, but growing up, and my wife just made a comment. Anyway, <laughs> would you stop? <laughs> anyway, so I had a Heinz 57 dog. It was a brown i don't know what breed it was but uh your camera yeah there you go it was a some just a heinz 57 mixture of all kind dog and we did not know what it was and then i had a german shepherd and did the same thing this dog caught birds rats uh and other things which and she yeah yeah it was kind of fun I, i there's a picture i think of her somewhere as a female german shepherd all leg and she, we used to carry, let her carry around a six foot curtain rod that was metal or was wooden. So she'd sit there and carry it in her mouth as we're walking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was a unique dog. She's the baddest dog in the whole neighborhood, huh? Yeah. And you never know. She was the friendliest. <laughs> she was the friendliest could be. My aunt found her up in Sacramento, I think, wandering. And, you know, we were at the point now and I'm talking with my neck missing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're floating. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a talking head. Hey, outstanding. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. As long as I'm not spinning around, we're good. Um, but yeah, she was an awesome dog. And she she was with us for just shy of 15 years. Wow. So and that that's good years out of a, out of a German Shepherd because they usually don't last more than about 10 because really? of just the hip displays on them, but she was an awesome dog. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I have found the kind of dog I do want to get. It's a Corgi because it hurted my son. <laughs> Literally. We were at one of my daughter's fundraisers through school and he was, he's got the attention span of a gnat and he was climbing all over the fences and this, that, and the other. And these two black, yellow, and brown Corgis 
were wandering around. They spotted him and they started chasing my son. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> we did. We laughed. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it's like that's why I want the corgis so they can hurt him. Um, but yeah, so and that also has heard with a D or heard with a T. Heard H U R D. Okay. Or H E R D. Sorry. Heard. <laughs> eh, I can spell. Yeah, that's true. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, he that was funny. Just wa- my wife and her sitting there watching him get herded and going, I have no sympathy. So you anyway. know that, that's interesting because that's uh that's uh, Queen Elizabeth's breed of choice. Yeah, they're a herd dog too. And supposedly that yeah, they they I mean again. You know, I've, I've watched uh, I've watched a lot of things about the royal family, the crown on on Netflix, and you know the movies. Uh, I mean, the Queen. You know, and uh, then they seem like they're um, they seem like they're very intelligent. They seem like they're very uh, coachable, trainable, whatever. I mean, she's at least depicted in these in these movies. I mean, it's like yeah, I've I've heard that they are an obstinate breed. Well. Again, I'm not saying she's the one training them, but um, yeah, perhaps uh, you know, you know, headstrong is is good in in certain certain doses, I guess, for uh, for uh, dogs and I guess kids too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, you know, I, I you know I don't I don't know that I I don't know that I ever really choose a dog. I think the dog chooses me more than okay. anything. And, and, you know, I'm such a sucker. Uh, I mean, my dog, my dog is about a 15 pound white, fluffy multi-poo. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But she picked me. She picked me and I was in mourning for my old dog, Jackson, who was a, uh, uh, uh called him a bagel because he was a, a beagle and a basset mix. And, um, But he was, he was my, you know, my younger son had wanted a dog after his older brother had gone off to college because I'm going to miss Patrick. And it's like, okay. So we find this dog. He and his, he and my ex head out for a three day tennis tournament weekend. And by the time they got back, uh, Jackson was my dog. And so, you know, and he traveled with me. It's like, you know, by car. I mean, I don't do this dogs on planes crap, but, um, you know. Good companion dog. I mean, like oh, I yeah. say, he was dumber to boxer rocks, but <laughs> but he was he was good for me. And and you know, I was in mourning because I had to put him down. He had cancer. It was just oh, yeah, it was just really bad news. And uh, you know, and again, this foster comes in, and uh, you know, she was just feisty and uh, loud, and you know, but she jumped right in my arms and kind of got on my chest. It's like, oh God, this is unfair. But you know, yeah, you're mine, not letting you go. Yeah, that's kind of how it's been too. So, and and to a lesser extent, this new dog is is mine, but she prefers my wife. That's 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 obvious, but she likes me because she knows I feed her. (laughs) Yeah, you don't tend to bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, well, except she literally does all the time, but that's okay. Well, I hope you I hope you figure out uh, figure out what you're looking for for your uh, for your cat if you end up going that way because uh, it's it's not a case of me going that way. It's like, hey, honey, you're getting a cat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
yeah so it's basically that kind of thing i'm like i whatever the cat can take care of itself because i'd have to walk the dog and take care of it and clean up after the kids won't yeah yeah well that's the rules if you want a cat you gotta take care of it and same with the dog so uh did you see anything come across that piqued your interest on the dad groups this time because i didn't um i saw a bunch of subjects to be honest i mean um the uh you know i saw some things about uh guys coming out as bisexual that i hmm, really don't think i want to necessarily go there but um no i happened to, i happened to see one this morning that was sort of you know it intrigued me enough to comment about it um uh, this this fellow was uh, was you know and again the group is the group is the group I mean it's like and I'm not I'm not disparaging anybody but he was uh, uh, what's the word I can he was lamenting about something let's put it that way um, he had been um, and he didn't I don't believe he said how old he was um, but uh, you know. He, he alluded to some health issues. I'm not going to get into them, but um, some fairly serious health issues. And he didn't say what kind of job it was, but I gathered it was something in the trades, uh, maybe construction of some sort. Uh, but but again, not not wanting to out this guy or anything. And um, he, uh, he said that basically his boss told him that um, uh, you're too old because you can't keep up with the rest of the crew and i'm gonna have to let you go are you kidding well and and he was he was kind of like like blaming himself and it's like well um and he, he didn't really indicate how long he'd been working for this company so i don't know if he was working for them before he had his illness or his, his current situation or if this is a position he came into you know after you know, going down the, the road of treating his, his uh, condition and going through rehab or whatever. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I don't understand about it. Uh, but I felt compelled to answer him. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, I just said, you know, that's, that's, that's terrible. Um, yeah. You know, what I did say is that, is that the state he lives in, again, I'm not going to mention it. Um, the state he lives in is a uh, at will state, which means that, you know, there's really no uh, recourse. You know, there's there's no recourse for firing uh it you know it's basically you know you have the right to work and the boss has the right to let you go except in the case of something illegal you know or discriminatory and i just suggested um you know i don't know if anybody else has suggested this to you but it sounds like at least his words it sounds like he could could uh benefit from the advice of legal counsel and and just yeah. uh, i recommended that he go and and find uh a labor attorney uh that uh, would uh give him a free consultation and uh, maybe maybe find several and just say just give him the same story and just see what they tell you because um he was you know you could tell that that it was just for I could tell anyway from from some of the things he was saying was that he was he was feeling uh, inadequate, depressed. I mean, things like things like, well, you know, I, I can't provide for my family. I can't provide for my kids. 
Um, and it's just, I mean, it's a terrible thing to see. I mean, anybody being in a, in a state of despair like that, um, you know, cause you never know, again, one of the, one of the people I follow online, Rich Cooper calls it, uh, you don't ever want to make, uh, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um, there's always a way out. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I suggested he do that and I just, I just kind of wonder how many other people are in that sort of situation uh, where they are, you know, being evaluated and being judged uh, based on, you know, their age or, or other, other factors that, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, weren't considered at the time they were hired and, and, you know, just, that that kind of strikes my interest uh i don't know you have any you have any thoughts you want to share on that i mean well i didn't see the post itself but it seems to me that at a minimum it's some it would be seen like age discrimination it wasn't the first time i've heard of something like this um but the particular gentleman that works for uh the company i i work for I, he he wasn't he wasn't let go he wasn't fired from the from the job but he he was had some responsibilities taken away from him because of his age and his actions you know i i when i first started in the, in the department we i was working with him and the little backstory i do know he was a recovering drug person drug addict and i'm like okay but some of his actions, I couldn't tell if he was just clueless or whatever, but he, I was a ground hand taking care of the cable. So it didn't slam into cars. Okay. And because some of the cables we deal with, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with fiber optic cable, but the fiber optic cable I use was probably about the diameter of a nickel. And it had 288 fibers in it. So it's not a light cable. I mean, it, it, it may look light, but it's not. Well, I'm sitting here managing the cable on the ground, and then he hits it with the bucket. He hits a uh, copper pair cable that was attached to a building. And the next thing I hear is just, I'm like, look, oh, it's like crap. Like a, like a hot wire? Or, or no, what? he slammed it into a Prius back window. Uh-huh. It broke loose from the building. And swung down and smashed a Prius window. And I'm like, so that was a fun thing to go through. And I'm looking, I'm like, I didn't want to work with him after that because he wasn't aware of what his surroundings were. I'm like, yeah. I do not need something like that dropping on my head. Because if you go look at the side of your house, you probably have something attached to the side of your house. Well, this was up probably about 10, 15 feet in the air. And yeah. he hit it with the bucket. Hmm. Luckily, somebody wasn't there to get hit by it or anything like that. And all it cost the company was $500 to replace a back windshield. So, uh, but he was, he was moved into a different apartment because he just, the powers that be, I don't think, thought that it was a, you know, anything he did was a fireable offense, but it was a offense to, yeah, you can't do this anymore. Um, but as far as the particular, just knowing what you told me and not having read it, 
I, at a minimum, I agree with you that seeking legal counsel would be the best advice because being you can't keep up with the crew. It also depends what he was doing. I mean, if you're doing, you know, if you're digging a ditch, yeah, old 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 back's not going to dig ditches very well. Um, I know mm-hmm. I was digging digging stuff out in my backyard, and I know my back, you know, even at my age was I get it done. But you know, I was a little bit of pain afterwards. Um, you know, part of that's my stupid gut, which I got to get rid of. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, legal counsel is the best thing. But I, I don't I don't like I like like and don't like at will employment because, mm-hmm. yes, you as the employee can leave the company or whatever you're doing without really saying anything. But the company can just fire you for looking at them cross-eyed, which I think is wrong. I mean, I, they got to, I, I, I like to have a reasons. Like, did I do something wrong? Did I, you know, do I need to improve something? Yeah. What do you do? Well, yeah. you know, again, this, you know, without going down, you know, too much rattle on this, um, you know, I, I worked in corporate America for a long time before I became a solopreneur, I guess. Um, and you know, what I, what I sensed was, um, I want to be real careful how I say this. Texas is an at-will state. I mean, and, but the, but the, but the sad truth of it is, is that there are some protected classes that, that are, um, that are protected against things that, uh, you know, even, even, you know, as far back as when I was, uh, when I started with my company, I was working in their defense products division, and uh, I could see then that, uh, you know, I was a buyer, uh, a, a purchasing manager at one time, and um, we were, we were, uh, it wasn't encouraged, it was, we were mandated. Let's put it that way. We're mandated at that time, it was probably 10% of overall purchasing revenue that we that we were doing with women and minority owned businesses which you know on the surface you know it's if that's what the government wants you to do you're going to do it well yeah the problem that, the problem that i i saw with it was you know twofold one um and, and because i was responsible for managing these suppliers um you know some of them uh were were sought out because they had um, they they had asked the government, "Hey, we want to be included in this program. We want to participate." Okay, great. Um, I bought connectors and wire and cable, and uh, so yeah, I, I do kind of know what your fiber optic cables are like. And yeah, <laughs> density is a density is a real thing, you know. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so I just simply remember uh, going and visiting this this one particular company who made a particular kind of coax connector that we were using on uh some projects uh for the military and um we you know we spent a lot of time with them uh because you know they had to meet certain standards and specifications and stuff and um you know it, it really and back in those days, at least in the in the mid '80s, early '90s, uh, 
it was on it was on the supplier to meet all of their criteria. And I said, well, look, if you want to participate in this program, you've got to be a military specified. So your yeah. your operation needs to be up to military spec. And in addition to be it being in purchasing, I had a I had a pretty strong background in quality assurance, and I knew mill standard eight eighty three mill mill spec whatever and, and stuff and working along with the with the qas and in, in purchasing i mean we we told them exactly what they had to do to become compliant and which would have meant they had to hire more people they had to invest in equipment and they did and they did and um <clears throat> you know we 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 spent a lot of time with them and I bought a lot of connectors from them. Then that particular program went away. It was, it was canceled and it's like, okay, uh, no more purchasing from this company. And it was like, well, what are we going to do? We spent all this money. We haven't, we haven't recovered our investment. So well, that's, it's kind of on you. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of out of my control. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't buy something that I have no use for. I mean, I I, I gave them plenty of warning that that you know. Again, and it's all in the contracts that we sign with them. That you know, we are hold blameless and groundless if if our customer, i.e., the federal government, uh, chooses to go in a different direction. And I always wondered what had enough happened to that company because they they spent so much time and energy. Uh, getting qualified and then um and then after a while they they just uh <laughs> they just were uh were not participating anymore so um again it's a uh it, it seemed to me to be a weird way to do business but but then back to the back to the uh the actual actual issue it's uh you know at will employment or at will you know employer um, you know, sometimes there's, uh, sometimes it's, it's real tricky. I mean, I think if, uh, if, uh, human resources is not consistent, you can really damage a lot of morale, damage a lot of team spirit. If, uh, you know, if the, if people can see things that, that individuals or groups are doing, um, and yet not being called into account for it. Um, so why do we need to follow these rules? It's a kind of a slippery slope. So well, at will, I, I get it. it. It's supposed to be a, uh, it's supposed to be a benefit for, um, for, for, uh, employers and employees and make it less, uh, necessary, like in those States that require you to join a union to, to be able to even work. But I mean, it's it, it, just the whole law of unintended consequences that came out of that is um i don't know if the, i don't know if the cure is uh any worse than the disease yeah no i know we in my company they went through two uh unionization attempts and they of course they did the whole back and forth we had the vote blah 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 well they they unfortunately conceded to some of the stuff that we wanted but then six months later, they go back to the same old shenanigans. I'm like, okay, look, you know, we get, you know, a lot of people were thinking you go union to get paid. I'm going, it doesn't work like that. 
they it takes time but they thought just because you sign a union contract that means immediately you're going to get a pay raise no <laughs> it doesn't work like that yeah. um so and then we tried and it was a they wanted to unionize my department, like, you know, AT&T's unionized, Comcast or Xfinity, however you want to look at it, it's unionized out here. Um, and then they just, that's what it was. They just, and we, we, we got what we wanted without going union, but I have a feeling with the likes of uh, Starbucks and there's another company that just, uh, Amazon, that was it. Yeah. That are going, are being forced to go union because of the working conditions and, there these i think me and my coworker go back and forth going your working conditions that are there are going to stay until you speak up you know we, we he's a he's a type of person that you only get me for 8 hours you know that's the the contract that is 8 hours a day blah 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 to me i could care less if i get an extra hour or two of overtime okay I get an extra hour of overtime. If I work eight hours, I work eight hours. I get to come home and relax. Yeah. Um, but you know, working conditions cause that same kind of situation where this guy's involved is not knowing what the whole story, based on what you told me, I don't know what's going on. But mm-hmm. so um, the one article I commented on uh, from that was kind of the same. It rang true with me is said, you know, I need advice. I bought my childhood home two months ago. And he goes, I don't have too many good memories in there. I'm going, then why'd you buy the house? Was my first thought. Uh, but he, that being said, he bought it, whatever it was. I don't know what state I, I you know, he's done all this renovation. This I go, dude, you're in the same boat. I am rip stuff out, make it yours. Kind of like what I'm doing here make new memories I, it's i i don't know how you do that if you didn't want the memories you shouldn't have bought the house because <laughs> you kind of put yourself in your own position uh yeah that's interesting i mean he didn't say whether he was coming back there to live in it or it was an investment property uh let's see it said going up here and four kids of my own i bought it because i got it at what they owed it owed on it which was one hundred seventeen thousand. Put about 12K in it, raise their appraisal from 165 to 225. And he goes, How do you forget bad memories and make new ones? Um, that's an internal investigation in yourself. It's like, I don't know. Ah. I, I don't know how you, how you answer that. I mean, it is what it is. And he, I, I, I just basically, I, he said, you know, he had all this old, all this older stuff, five dollar yard sale fine. I'm like, then replace it. I, I, yeah. th- I mean, that's what we're doing. I, I can unblur, unblur mine. That's basically my wife and I have been slowly replacing old fixtures, old blinds. I mean, this stuff is just it is um, outdated. Is more suited than dated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it was just stuff like that. We're, we found we're at, also at this found some good things where we want to replace old lighting with these wall wall valances like you see in a bathroom, this kind of stuff. But stuff is it needs to be replaced. And my parents never really replaced it. Hey, can we, can we pause for a second? Sure. OK, sorry. Thank you. Not a problem. I know the <laughs> feeling. 
<laughs> my wife. <laughs> so anyway, so that, get really that's like a funny story. So this, I just, I'm like, dude, all you got to do is just make the new memories. I, 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 you really can't, you can't change the past. Yeah. You, 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 you just make the new, I'm like, I don't have the best memories of this place either, but it's a house. I know what's going on with the house. You know, I can, the kids are pretty much, they don't, they're, they don't care about my, the, what happened in the past. So I'm like, yeah. let's stay. They're settled in their rooms and they're living their lives. I don't see any reason to change it, but, and some guys, some of the guys were just, uh, negative was being nice it's a, in my opinion it's like come on guys this guy's looking for help and you know they're being you know they weren't exactly some of the pleasant kind of things but well it, it, let's it, yeah i mean this to me seems like uh a bear trap kind of kind of uh request from this guy i mean if he didn't go into it expecting to get some stick then you know you kind of have to wonder what it, what he was looking for attention or validation yeah all that being said all that being said i mean he you know it sounds like he walked into this thing and you know he he maybe just was looking at it financially to possible first gets into the whole you know into the weeds of you know getting this new house and getting get his family set up in it and then you know putting the money in for repairs or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like it hits him it's like it's it's kind of like <laughs> one of the things i tell my my sons about you know one of the things i've i've taken this about uh about dating is uh when they ask is uh and i don't care who they date i just said don't invite crazy into your house <laughs> And it's like, for me, it's like, if, if you are not self-aware enough, you know, taking this, uh, taking over this uh, house, you know, even for whatever good, good deal it was, uh, depending on where it's at, you know, it might've just been great to just flip as is. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, is it in California? Is it Texas? Is it in uh, It didn't say. Okay. I didn't ask. It was none of my business. Yeah, of course, of course. It's, it's it, those are just I'm just speculating, but I mean it's you know it's beyond me that and again I'm I'm a little older than it seems like a lot of these guys are, but it just seems like um, and I'm not saying I haven't done much of what I see on that group in my own life, and that's why I feel like I'm a little qualified to. Oh, I, feel, yeah. I feel bad for these guys that are not getting getting counsel, you know, from their from their own fathers or whatever, and you know have to you know they 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 have to ask these questions. I mean, uh, you know, to me that's something that if you have a good relationship with your father or a father figure, you, you know, you have that conversation with them and and just say, well, you know, I mean, you can go one or two ways. You can either you can either say, hey, I'm I'm walking out that door the last time and I'm never looking back or, you know, you say, Hey, look, you know, maybe, maybe I was wrong about some of the things that happened or, or whatever. Maybe it was just me being a dumb kid. I think, I think everybody has some regrets about some of the things I think he would give, give somebody long enough to, to, 
to live and experience some things in life. Um, you know, the old adage that your parents get a lot smarter as you get older, uh, I think is really true. Oh yeah. Um, but, but again, there are, there are certain things that, you know, if lines are crossed, I mean, why do you, why do you want to trigger a, a bad memory? Uh, if if you're doing that kind of makes me feel like there's more to the story that is oh, there is I, I'd imagine I read the same thing into it I'm like to me a lot of the memories I have was over the last 10 years because we moved back in with my mom because my wife and I got into financial difficulties and we moved back in to help her out in the house well part of the thing her logic was reduced rent i paid rent was reduced rent for doing stuff around the house and you know i I think i told you before yeah she wanted us to do maintenance i'm going okay this needs to be fixed i need to do this and she goes well i don't have the money i'm like and then she and she because she verbally no written nothing was written down but verbally she set us up as tenants so she was the she was the person who owned the house. We were the tenants. And she's looking at us like we should be respo- financial responsibility for her house. And we're looking at her like, that's not how this works. <laughs> so you want me to do maintenance? Okay. Why? Because you're, you're paying rent? I was, yeah. I own it. Well, basically own it now. But yeah, I understand. What was that? I, I was just saying, you know, uh, you know, even though she's your mother, she's also your landlord. Yeah. And, you know, in a, you know, in a landlord tenant relationship, there's a, there's a transaction basis to it. I mean, you as the, as the tenant pay money, but as the land, but the expectation is, is that the landlord is going to maintain the property. Uh-huh. You know? No, I, like I said, I don't, but the, the relationship we had was, yes, it was a landlord tenant, <laughs> but we, I would do maintenance for this out of the other, you know, that, that, that was not a big problem, but when, you know, um, my wife and I live in paycheck to paycheck until like what, two years ago when she got hired as a teacher. And then we started getting a little bit more money where we could actually start fixing stuff on the house, but major stuff like this is on you being my mother. And she didn't want to pay for this stuff. I'm like, then it's going to sit because I can't afford to replace it and it's not mine to replace. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, it was hard because, you know, I want to work with my mother and, you know, try and get what needs, wanted to work with her, but she was so, what's the word? Disconnected from reality, I guess, because she mentioned to my sister who would ferry her back and forth from her appointments because I was working at 4.30 in the morning. And my mother didn't know what the price of gas was. Mm-hmm. And this was like when it was, you know, we're starting to creep into the $5 a gallon type range, you know, for, you know, 4.10, you know, a little bit higher. And she didn't right. think gas was that expensive. I'm going, different reality, mother. <laughs> what planet do you live on? <laughs> yeah, that's just it. And it's a, it's, you know, some of the mindset I got from my father was my dad was a type of person. You probably would have got a kick out of him. My dad was a type of person that believed in paying cash for everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if I could, yeah. I, I'd pay 
pay cash for everything. I mean, credit has its place and that may be a whole, whole different conversation, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I am most definitely a uh, believer in cash as much as you can, uh, as much as you can. So, well, so am I. <laughs> so my dad was about five foot six. Funny story, but dad's five foot six. I needed his negotiation powers to buy a car. He, he could, I, it was, he was glorious seeing people cringe at his words, but um, so sorry about the punisher that keeps on coming in the back over my head. Um, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I like, I like the punisher and I like the American flag. So there you go. Um, but awesome. we were, I went to go buy a new truck and we went in, I found a gorgeous, nice color gray four by four that I wanted. It was used. And my dad would go in and we, he offered this guy 20, I, I forget what it was like. I think it was like 22, $23,000 cash out the door. And this guy looked at my dad and mind you five, six, you're, you're about what? Six, five, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 So this five. sales manager, six foot five sales manager comes out and starts shoving paperwork in my dad's face going, I paid $19,000 for this, that I'm not going to take that. We walked out. The jaw drop of this six foot five, five sales manager was glorious. He's like, you just, you just, this salesman just passed up 22 grand worth of cash. And we walked out. And then, you know, my dad went and bought another truck for about $14,000. I'm like, I hate you, dad. <laughs> it was nice, but it was one of the frustrating things. And it's like, and that, unfortunately, that mindset has kind of ingrained itself in me. Um, but, you know, my sister's brought me back to normal because, you know, it's a different world now where I'm going to have to replace one of the furnaces in my house eventually. And it's about six grand. I would love to pay six grand cash and go here. But nowadays you've got to finance it. A lot of these people, a lot of these companies offer you a two years, no financing or a two years, no interest, you know, financing, which the one I'm working on, he that's is, I think it's 25 months or something like that. You know, no, uh, no interest financing. I'm like, I don't care. I'll pay what I can and go from there. But it, you can't, a lot of people can't go pay cash anymore because they don't have it. I, you know, I'll wait till we're going to freeze. <laughs> oh, am I frozen? You know, I bought my last computer. No, I froze. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you were saying? Oh, no, you're good. Good. Oh, okay. I, I, here's the thing. I, I, I've, uh, you know, especially since my divorce, I was left with a big credit card bill to sort of work off. And I did. Paid it off. And basically for three years, I was just paying cash for everything mm -hmm. and stuff. Now I understand, you know, credit is, is necessary, um, in today's world. Um, but you know, I, I, I try to be very strategic with it and, um, you know, the, you know, really the only thing that I, I'm trying to put on my credit card because I'm committed to paying it off, or at least I, I, I what I tend to do is I, I'm trying to make sure I'm consistently paying off up to uh, and leaving about three, $400 of balance on my credit card every month. And the only reason I'm doing that is because, you know, after uh, I 
I've studied up on the credit credit laws and stuff, and you know, people that off their credit month, it's all great, but you know, uh, in in terms of you know what the credit bureaus, which which I think are you know, I, I don't know why they do this. It seems like they penalize people for uh, trying to pay off everything. Well, um, they do. They they do not. They do not grade that as a as a positive for some reason. So, I mean, playing the game, I'm you know, I may have a thousand dollars in new purchases every month, but I'm only going to pay seven hundred a month. And that's, and, 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 you know, that, that again, you can, you can keep that going indefinitely and, you know, now my credit's over 800. So it's like, yeah, logic. but it's, but it's like, it's, it's like I bought my computer last year and I put it, I put it on a Dell credit card, Dell financing, mm-hmm. and I did it especially to, you know, uh, you know, build up, build up additional credit points with the credit bureaus. And it's like, I was paying like, like, like 400 a month and I, I got a really nice machine. And the thing was, I could have just, you know, paid cash for it, but it made more sense for me to, you know, continue on this journey, build my credit back. And, uh, you know, not that I want to necessarily buy a house or anything like that, but um, I've always been in the past, uh, I bought one new car um, after I got out of, uh, out of college and I sold it a couple of, well, maybe four years later. And I was just astounded at how much, you know, how, how little I got for it. And this is like back in the early nineties. And, you know, the thing is, is that I, I'd never really thought about it before, but um, you know, the whole, the whole idea of, you know, you pay, you pay a premium for a new car that immediately goes down the minute you drive it off a lot. I mean, so I've bought program cars since then. I, I buy it with a little bit of mileage on it because people are using them to drive uh, customers around and I hold them. I hold them. I, I you know, I, I had a six year note on my, la- on my current car and I paid it off and, you know, I'm, I have low mileage on it and I, there's no reason for me to get anything else. I want a truck, but I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be able to, to get a truck that I want that, isn't stuck with, you know, missing chips from, from a supply chain problem in China or whatever. And, uh, so I'm just going to keep driving my, my 10 year old vehicle with 117,000 miles on it right now. So it's like, to oh, me, yeah. it's just getting broken in. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, my last truck I had was a Dodge. I'll explain. I would still have it if it wasn't for the Mercedes engine. Mm-hmm. It was a Dodge. Dodge has Mercedes engines. Yeah, don't you remember back in uh, was it two thousand where all the uh, auto dealerships, all the auto companies merged? Chrysler, Dodge, got Mercedes, all of them merged. Yeah, really? my my 04 Dodge had a Mercedes engine in it. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Huh. I get. I you know what? I I obviously slept on that one. I yeah, was, I, <laughs> I didn't realize. Are they? I'm like. Are they still? Uh, no, I, I think they realize that you cannot put a Wonder, Mercedes engine in a truck. Uh, uh, oh, no. Yeah, oh. Uh, that was 12 years. I think I bought 120,000 miles on it. It was a glorious truck. I like the ride height on it. Wife hated it. 
but you know, it was a glorious truck. And I finally, after so many years, I finally, uh, I got a Ford. And when I bought this funny story about that. So I would still have it. I just didn't, I, it was costing me about, it was costing me my car, current car payment to keep it on the road. Oh, wow. So I'm like, no, we're done. Uh, you know, the engine got fixed. That cost me 2,500 bucks. It went out again after two years. I'm done. Trade in, got it, got a Ford F-150. And I love, I love it. I, I haven't had any issues with it. Um, except for the day I bought it. My salesperson forgot to tell me about the EcoBoost it has on it. Uh-oh. So I'm driving around, whatever, get back. And he's driving with me for some reason. I can't remember why. And then the engine turns off. Ah. Uh-huh. So I'm like, why? I just dropped how much ever on a truck and the engine turned off going, why is my engine off? Oh, that's the EcoBoost. It turns off to save save gas. You think you might have want to said something about that? <laughs> um. Yeah, my, my wife's car does that. It happens to be a Mercedes, and, and it's the most unnerving thing. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like you get to a, you get to a, stop, a stop sign or, or, a, or a red light, and it just cuts off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, tell me how it's, how, tell me how it's better for the environment that you, that you don't have a, a, a constant idle as opposed to one of those jarring you know, ignitions that, you know, it's... I, I don't know. My wife's car does it too, but I'm just like, kind of, why is my truck shutting off? I, I, I have to like drop a chunk of change on a truck. I'd like it not to break, but uh, yeah, I, it was just funny, but yeah, I agree. Credit. I, I don't understand. You've done, yeah, the research it, you know, and, and it, what? Sorry. No, I was going to go back to the credit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We ought to, we ought to save save the uh, discussion for cars uh, maybe for next week because uh, yeah there's uh, there's a uh, a whole lot we can talk about there I mean especially EVs or or hybrids but um, <clears throat> anyway uh, yeah so I mean I you know I I just see these these guys that you know seem to not have uh, you know the kind of guidance uh, that I think that. You know, I, I think a, a father should be doing and, you know, hey, full disclosure, my dad never told me about this stuff, but I was I was extremely lucky to have a lot of father figures in my life. Uh, my grandfather, you know, you know, great guy that I worked with or worked for up in Kansas named John Nation. And he, yes, he was uh, he was related to Kerry Nation, if you remember uh, uh Carrie Nation, the suffragette, uh, not the suffragette, but the prohibitionist. Oh, carry uh, around a Bible and a hatchet to go, uh, <laughs> go chop up uh, barrels of demon rum. I mean, he was he, he was no nonsense guy. But boy, I, I learned a lot about life from him. Yeah, and uh, you know, just other people around uh, you know during that time. And uh, so, I mean, again, I think there's uh, there is a great benefit to having these groups out there. But it just kind of makes me sad because there's just, you know, things that either either they they're coming from, you know, people that are absent in their lives who shouldn't be absent, you know, fathers. And, uh, you know, just the things that they're asking questions about is just, you know, I, I, man, it, it's got to be overwhelming. 
gotta be overwhelming for some folks. Well, and also I think when like this group, the one that was about that, I I have a really bad habit of being overly direct and blunt. And some people don't know how to handle that with me. And it's like, I'm just calling it how I see it. It's not anything personal. It's how I call it and see it. If you know, but sure. seeing some of these comments and going, do you take into consideration what the guy must must be feeling like you just said? It's like he's asking a question for advice, not being told to, you know, I think one of the comments was man the F up and deal with it. I'm going, really? Do, do you have no sensitivity to what his, what he may be going through? And it's, and it, and it gets back to what men are supposed to be these stoic people that aren't supposed to have feelings and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I got news for you. It's a different timeline. <laughs> well, and, and, let's let's also you know again this is uh this is a subject we could go multiple episodes mm-hmm. on of the uh of the uh the, the attitudes of people in in and on social media it's like the only thing i would say to that is that um i i, I try to keep it to where you know if i'm having if i'm making comments to somebody on social media uh i'm trying to make the assumption that you know, they're, they're there for a reason. And I feel compelled to give them a, a response. If I was in a bar or if I was in a restaurant sitting side, you know, across the table from them, or if I'm on a podcast, like with you, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, most of the time we will never see each other, but I, I, I just try to, I try to act like, uh, you know, uh, anymore anyway. I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I've popped off, said stupid stupid crap in the in the past and stuff and it's like it just makes me me feel you know i'm better than this i'm better and and, you know it's like it's like nobody considers it seems like very few people consider that i'm not saying nobody but um again it it seems like if if you're there to help them it's i mean the group name is dads assisting dads right i mean how is man the f up or you know pull your head out or whatever you know that's <laughs> it just don't see where that uh you know applies to that ethos if you will i i don't know i i that's why i'm kind of yeah dad's only group but either way it's, it came across the same thing but i i, I don't know uh, i it, it's kind of funny i remember i just went through an interview for a promotion at work and my boss goes your email communication is great I'm just too direct and blunt on the phone or right in front of your face. It's the way I am when I have time to sit there and think about it, what, and process it. I just, I need an answer for this. You're not providing that answer. I I can't go any further until I have that answer. So get me the damn answer. And people don't, people are like, you know, I know, and I understand they're looking something up, but you are the, you're the supervisor. You should have a general idea of what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, and sorry if I'm blunt and direct, then yeah, I'm not the one that needs to change. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday about my last uh, role at my corporate job before I retired. And my, my boss was, he was a decent enough guy, but I, I had a few years on him. And, and, you know, the thing was, is that, uh, there was a complicated uh, project that was going on in Malaysia that I was responsible for. And 
you know, and I, I worked very, very, excuse me, Philippines. So I, I worked very closely with the factory in the Philippines on, you know, various metrics and stuff. And they wanted the data summarized in a particular way. And they wanted this, uh, this data automated for a certain, um, you know, certain meeting that this uh, uh, product group inside the, the company would have with their customer. And, you know, I knew the data inside and out. He would ask me for the report. He was nothing that he could update on his own. Um, and it was, it was about three times he'd come back after getting questioned in his meetings about, well, we wanted to see this. And it's like, okay, I'll go back and tell Mike to do that. And he'd come back and he'd say, well, they want to say this and see this. And why didn't you have it available for me? Um, because I'm not really in the habit of reading your mind and, uh, <laughs> and, and providing something that's going to take X number of hours to go implement because I'd have to go research the database that this thing was coming out of, uh, create a, uh, create a, uh, the, the, it was, it, it, what, it, the, the output was to Excel, but it was from a, you know, a relational database of some sort. And okay. I, you know, it's five years ago. I don't even remember the name of it, but you know, anyway, um, I'm saying, you know, and I got a lot of, I got a lot of other stuff going on. I know this customer and I know this project's pretty important, but I mean, you got to give me some direction. And if your direction is going to be, you know, uh, you know, the customer wants this and why didn't you have it? It's like, why do you expect anything different? I mean, why do you, why do you think I should be happy to get ragged on? So, it, it, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I always try, try to use my words a uh, little, you know, I try to try to make it fun, try to make it a uh, little, little bit of a joke. But at, at a certain point, it's like, you know, you just say, um, I'm not a mind reader. And, you know, you are, you are in your seat for some particular reason. And I'm not in your seat for a particular reason. So I think that there's, I think, it should roll up. Uh, it should roll downhill that, you know, if you want something, tell me what it is. Don't tell me that I should have had something that you didn't say yeah. I needed. Well, I, I, in hindsight, I probably sh shouldn't have said what I said, but it was like, I'm literally sitting 30 feet in the air trying to figure something out on the phone with my supervisor going, what's <laughs> going on? Yeah. I mean, I've got this, this, and this. I've tried to explain them, like, and they're just sitting there, dead silence, or hemming and hawing, going, "Can y'all take your head out of your ass and tell me what's going on? Get me an answer so I can actually proceed to do my job." And he just like, "Well, you can't. You got to be careful who you talk to on the phone." I'm like, "Okay, I don't usually ask for something on the phone without being direct. It's like yeah. I need this." Um, and it's like, you know, they, you know, and you know, it's just, it's my nature and it's, you know, people don't like blunt and I'm sorry. It, <laughs> you know, I can't change it. You know, here's, here's the thing we're, you know, I may be dead by the time, you know, this, this current generation going through grade school and, and all that is, is being, um, you know, being exposed to uh, new ways of thinking and new ways of being sensitive to people's feelings and stuff like that. I, I, I may be dead by then. I mean, I may not have, I, I may not live long enough to see grandchildren. I don't know. 
but um, it strikes positive me that, attitude, Mister. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm I, I got a few years on you, and neither of my sons have anything in the pipeline, so to speak, as, as far as uh, well placed. Yeah, well, you know, um, but I am just like, I, I, you know, I don't even consider myself a confrontational guy, but I just because I'm I'm a big guy and I, I speak plainly. I mean, somehow that's that's considered uh, controversial or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like and, and that's just today. That's just today. What about, you know, what about when the when the kids that are like five to 18 years old now are, you know, 22 to, you know, just, just adding, you know, 17 years uh, to 45. I mean, or 35. I mean, it's like I just I just don't know what what to expect, you know, as far as um, my ability to communicate with people in the in the next 15 years. It's like. <laughs> So it's, it's just, you know, I, well, you know, yeah, no, I, I get it. And one of the things that I I got, it got not into it, but kind of had a discussion with the same supervisor and going, I push back on people. And he looked at me going, does it really work when you push back on people? I'm like, yes, because if you don't, if you keep on going forward and forward and forward and keep and don't push back going, hold on a second this isn't right. And, you know, and pushing back makes them accountable to do something that they need to do. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you want to hold the people <clears throat> under you accountable to doing a certain thing. Well, guess what? I'm going to hold the same people above you accountable for getting me, getting you and me the information. And that's where there's where the disconnect is. is like, that's sure. what pushback does. It gets you to start holding people accountable. Yeah. Seems pretty simple, you but, know, yeah. to, to a couple of couple of old farts like us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just, well, yeah, I man, old farts just putting it mildly. It's, it's a uh, it's it's a strange new world out there in many ways, and you know the uh, the thing is, is that <laughs> hold on a second, what are you looking for? <laughs> it should be on the bench downstairs. Oh man. Spot, and you don't put it in the specific spot. I'm not getting mad. I just told you where it was. That was my. That was the storm called my wife, looking for a drill bit. Um, uh, watch out! I mean, yeah, she also was armed with a drill, so I know I'm in trouble. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you that the case in point, we had this one kid. I think I told you about it. Blew my mind. So he comes in. He got educated over in France as an astrophysicist mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> cool for him yeah and i'm like so i'm like okay you about have the social graces of a stone wall it's like he just didn't know how he didn't have he, he was book smart he wasn't people smart that's how i describe it yeah and i, I remember god he drove me nuts i i was trying to talk to a supervisor figure out a different situation like a bunch of cables got changed and this out of the other. So I'm trying to figure out in my own head, like, what do I need to do? And I didn't have all the cables down. So this kid goes, he's 31 years old. This kid goes, what's that cable for? I'm like, dude, can you shut up and let me do my job? Cause I know what they're for. He kind of looked at me going, you just yelled at me. 
Yeah, I did. Probably not the best way to handle it, but it's like, dude, if you keep on asking me questions, I can't get anything done. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it was just one of those things. And it just, he just didn't, I'm like, you're working in construction as an astrophysicist. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with this picture? Well, I mean, and granted, uh, for whatever reason, the education system over in France does not transfer to the United States very well. Mike, it's a well, degree, isn't it? Yeah, but but here's the thing. What's an astrophysicist um, doing in a construction job anyway? And, you know, frankly, the only astrophysicists I've ever heard of have, like, PhDs and doctorates and stuff. And so, well, that's the same thing, I guess. But, um, but you know... There ain't, I don't think there's that much you can do with a bachelor's degree in astrophysics uh, in astrophysics. Uh, okay. Yeah, other than in astrophysics, I mean, he, he has, I, don't, I don't even know if you can get in the door of like. I don't know either. But it was just funny. It gets back to having wanting to have a male role model in their lives. He has a he had a dad and everything else. And the irony is going to be even more fun when I get to the end of the story. So <laughs> he he was very cerebral, but he didn't know how to use a hammer effectively. He knew how to use it. Uh, I'm looking at him. He's literally sitting up in, in, in one of the buckets. We ha- we're hanging these 100-pound cabinets on a telephone pole. Yeah. And, you know, I had a probably a 10-pound sledge. And he's literally got, you can imagine, just take the 10-pound sledge and put a claw hammer in the mix of it. Mm -hmm. And he was literally holding the hammer at eye level. Wow. So can you imagine what will happen if he was using a claw hammer? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you got to use your elbow on the way to the hammerhead to, you know, get the thing drilled, you know, gone through. But I just look at this and I'm like, have you ever done this? And then long story short, he was with us for about six months. Found out later, his wife was pregnant. Oh my. And I'm like, oh, I feel sorry for that child. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I, not that I, I wish him the best. I really, truly do. His wife was a computer forensics person for, I think, a local law enforcement agency. And I'm like, I wish you the best of luck. I really, truly do. Is he still there? No, he got hired at some company doing as an engineer doing something else. Um, but um, better. probably better fit. Yeah, probably better for him. Better for us too. <laughs> but uh, it was just one of those things. I'm like, th- this is what we're running out. Is these kids are coming out of college, you know, 20, 25, 30, whatever it is, and they have no idea. They expect to get these, you know, five and six figure jobs right out of college. And, did we need that? <laughs> you know, you 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 bring up a, a especially uh, good memory for me um, when I was uh, again. It was a different time, but I I went to school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for uh, petroleum engineering, and one of my summer jobs was working for a drilling contractor who, at the time, called Helmer Campaign was the uh, was the US's largest uh, uh, independent drilling contractor. Um, so anyway, uh, I was working 
on their rigs uh, as a, um, you know, as a floor hand. I mean, you know, uh, and it was great money. It was like, you know, 26 bucks an hour back then in the 80s. Oh, that's and a lot of money back then. Like, oh, man, I, I love this. And then it's like, you know, it realized and, and nasty the work was working on the floor. But the worst part about it was, you know, we had this, uh, we had this uh, well we were digging for Exxon. It was a, it was a gas well. It was 22,000 plus feet deep. I mean, that much pipe going into a hole, you can only imagine, you know, all the all the pressures and stuff that we we had huge blowout protectors underneath the the rig floor and we had monitors all over the place in case gas came up and you know we knew to we knew where the escape slides were and we knew how to get off the rig real quick well anyway thankfully none of that happened um but at the time gas was like yeah yeah i mean they couldn't make any money selling natural gas i mean so they just capped it and they said well we'll 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 complete it and we'll start producing it when the gas price of natural gas goes up here. So we had to move the rig when we finished, <clears throat> which is fine. But you get a you get a construction crane out there because this this rig had, you know, a uh, a derrick, and the derrick was in excess of 110 feet tall because it was handling at least 90 foot sections of pipe. Oh, yeah, three 30 foot sections combined together. Uh, but we would, uh, but the process involved getting a crane and, um, and they would lay the derrick down over, over on one side and the derrick had about four pieces and they told us to go out there with our monkey wrenches and, and keep in mind, this is, this is a good 60 feet off the ground because the blowout preventers are about mm -hmm. 45 foot tall. So we're doing all of this and uh there's a crane with a strap around you know the section that you're trying to separate from the other section and we we're shimming out there with a 10 pound sledge and and basically we're there to go uh knock these pins out from the sections and they have to be knocked out uh you know one at a time and the and the crane operator has to adjust and here's the thing. I was more scared of being called a, a wuss or something worse than that than shimming, shimming my, my college boy butt out onto that, out onto that piece of Derek and stuff and, and taking a 10-pound hammer and knocking these pins out. You know, and it's like one of them was, was like, you know, kind of on the on the the pole that I was shimming on or the part of the derrick I was shimming out there on the other one was about four feet below it so guess what you have to you have to start knocking that one pin on the bottom out and then come back up and you know knock the pin and then the other guy on the other side is doing the same thing kind of even it all out and you hope there's nobody out underneath you when you finally get that last one that just sends that pin flying to the ground underneath it and, you know, it's, it, it just to me is like, I mean, I, and I don't even consider that to be, you know, a story I'm telling that, you know, I'm tougher or anything like that, but it's just, um, just, you know, people are, you know, people don't know, don't know tough anymore.
I, 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 I can't explain it. It's, it's just, I mean, it seemed like uh, uh, masculinity, I think, is the word you're looking for. Well, I, you know, I'm just, I, again, I think, you know, and that, and that could go into another discussion about, yeah. you know, roles and stuff. But it's like, I, you know, I'm hearing about this, this fellow you're talking about who, um, you know, you're trying to help him be, uh, be safe and not cause some permanent damage to his face. Or yeah. worse, and all I hear is some some guy who doesn't know me from Adam. He knows I'm going to be going back to college if I don't kill myself <laughs> on his rig, and he just says, "Okay, Worm, get out there and slide off and and help uh, Joe with the pins." I said, "What? Just take your hammer and shimmy out there. Look at Joe; he'll show you what to do." It's like, yeah. Well, and I, did I, yeah, and I didn't want to. I, I tried to, yeah, to. I tried. I, I honestly tried to, you know, help this kid, but it was just like he thought he knew more than we did because he was this college level person. And I'm like, I'm like, great. Just because you're a college educated individual does not make you intelligent. That and and the thing is, he should have had some advice to, um, you know, I mean, make, one of the things you're working in a construction construction industry, they used they asked me, do you know how to use these tools? No, but I can learn. I'm surprised you didn't haze the crap out of him, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I ha- we had another coworker that he had fun hazing people. I let him deal with it. Uh, <laughs> it was actually his partner, but it was just, I'm just yeah. looking at this poor kid. I'm going, okay, you are going to get yourself or somebody else hurt, and I don't want to be the one that gets hurt. Wow. So I, I'm, I'm glad he found his niche, you know, outside of, you know, what we were. He wanted, he tried to go into the office. That would be Nathan. Um, he tried to go into the, our office. They said, no. Welcome to my comedic son. Really? Go play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, 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 it just is. But I, like I said, I, I have nothing against college educated people. But if you're going to come into an industry out of college, please for the love of god can you at least know what you're doing with basic tools <laughs> i mean well that's just... yeah and 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 again that's uh, you know that's what i found at the end of my career in 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 my corporate job um i mean there was such a such a turnaround from when i first started and again things evolve i get that oh yeah but i mean you know the company has been, you know, the company, I mean, my boss, again, and again, I, I, I knew what I was, what I was up against. I had, I had a, a salary level for what I was doing that was based on, you know, a lot of years of actually producing revenue. And when I went into logistics, which is just basically moving crap from point A to point B, I was way overpaid for what I was doing, but you know, I, uh, you know, that's that's what they wanted me to do, and they and I wasn't going to allow them to, you know, take any take any of my salary away. But um, I always heard the same thing every year. Oh, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money oh, yeah. to give you raise and stuff. It's like, but yet, I mean, I, I could see all these big construction projects that you know the company was making uh, to like you know make the cafeteria more more uh, you know interactive and friendly and and you know 
more options for healthy, fresh things. It's like, okay, who is this for? It's for the new kids coming in that they're competing for the same engineering talent that Google and Apple and, you know, other big companies are, are, are trying to compete with. It's like, dude, until you get a, get a company, uh, until you get a building that's got a beach, <laughs> you may be, maybe SOL uh, yeah. because those, those, you know, anyway. Uh, I always just found it kind of interesting and, and now they've spent all that money, you know, and then here, here we are four years later with some of the prettiest facilities in, in the world, you know, right down the street from me and uh, nobody's going to work. I mean, they're all oh, yeah. working anyway. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. Um, well, I mean, we've got, we, a lot of our, our, our tech support is uh, work from home and my, my CEO is progressive enough to go, Huh. I don't need to make them come back to come back to work if they're being productive. And then you've got these other corporate people that are going, you need to come back to work and work in a building and be less productive. Well, you know, I can see both sides. So can I. I mean, the the you know, it's just the um I, I think the I think the corporate people are struggling to um you know, say, how do we, how do we get the benefit of teamwork and sharing and stuff? Cause you know, again, <clears throat> zoom is, is great as a communication tool, but I, I, I believe you never are going to be, it's never going to be as good as sitting across the table from oh, no, absolutely not. or whatever, but you know, it, it, it has shown to be effective. I mean, I don't know how effective it can be, over over face to face, but it, it served its need. I think I think people are um, I think people are slowly coming around that I guess maybe they can they can lower their expectations a little bit on the teaming aspect of things in certain industries. Um, I just I just I, I happened to see something about Apple and Tim Cook yesterday. You know, he wants uh, I saw this in the Daily Mail, and I mean uh, I, I read a lot of foreign newspapers online and. Um, you know, try to get away from biased news sources here in the U.S. But uh, you know, they, um, you know, they reported how Tim Cook is getting um, getting stick from some people. Uh, they call themselves well, a new employee group in in Apple, but they're saying that uh, he wanting them to come back in starting in May, uh, coming into the office at uh, their you know, their circle building, whatever, that, whatever that's called in Cupertino, Apple one or whatever. Something like that. Uh, he wants people to come back in and start working one day a week at, at, at minimum in the office and then ramping up to maybe, uh, I think three days a week mm-hmm. at most, at most. Uh, some people are calling that racist and it's encouraging, you know, Apple to be more white, white. focus. I know it's again, crazy. I don't understand it. That's but, a carrier you know. four moment. Wow, really? I didn't read that article, but damn. Yeah, it's it's uh, go to dailymail.com and just look in their news section. It should be still up, but I mean, or I can or I can test it to you, but uh, yeah, just uh, again, it's and again, like I say, in the next fifteen years, I, I don't know that I'm going to have any ability to communicate with anybody below the age of fifty anymore. Because I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's it's just damn difficult to talk to anybody you know under the uh, under the age of 40 right now so it's like <laughs> well, I, yeah. anyway yeah. 
anyway, and, and I mean, that's, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, uh, civilizations come and go and, you know, societies come and go and, you know, maybe we're due to have a, you know, have our, have ourselves uh, cut down and rebuilt, sure. whatever. Just, I, I, I just right now, I'm just not encouraged at uh, the alternative out there. Um, you know, I think we're, I think we're all a lot smarter than maybe we were when our parents were growing up in the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it seems like like the intent is to throw the baby out the with bathwater and and everything out with the bathwater and it's just I, I don't get it but you I, know I, well they uh, don't want ch- I think a lot of the thing what's going on which comes yeah, some of these groups going they don't want to challenge anymore I love challenges yeah just because it you know makes me you know think about stuff and I can get through that but I I, I it's a frustrating thing to see in in school just to see that they're not giving what I think they need to do in school, even for my kid. Here's a perfectly good example. My son, who's 10 in fourth grade, wanted to do computer coding, you know, programming. Sure. And there's this, uh, this thing called project make that every year go eat. Talk to me. Yes. Go eat. Go. Go eat. Go eat. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, and because they, he's not, they said he was too young to go programming. I'm looking at him going, what? Uh, the kid wants to learn coding and you're going to make him wait another year. It's like, you know, it's life skills. Arbitrary. What was that? Seems arbitrary. Yeah. And it's life skills. That's one thing they've lost. I mean, I don't know about what the education system in Texas is, but they've cut out. Wood shop, auto shop, metal shop at a lot of schools. I'm going, yeah. uh, you know, I took accounting in high school, actually accounting in junior high school, I think as far back as that was. But that's the stuff that life skills they're teaching. They rather teach common core math as critical thing. I'm like, okay, math. One plus one is going to equal two. I don't care which nation you're in. One plus one equals two. Uh, but in Texas, man, if you don't, if you don't solve that problem the right way, I mean, it's wrong. It doesn't matter if, if the math is yeah. essentially the same. It's like, you know, you can't be one plus one plus equals two. You gotta, you gotta go through about eight different steps. Uh-huh. And, then, and I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm sure I'm exaggerating, but I mean, some of the, some of the math homework that I saw both my boys bring home uh, just, you know, it was like, it, it, man, this is painful. This is oh, painful you, because you you're, you're going to get into industry and you're never going to do it this way. Uh-uh. They're going to laugh. I mean, because you're not going to have time to set these things up like this. Computer programs that you may write to do this don't operate that way. Computer no, languages are basic know, math. math. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway. why I've had to go. I've had to go to each one of my kids' teachers on numerous occasions, going, "Hey, I've learned math this way. I know you guys teach Common Core. I understand that, but this is the way I'm going to teach them at home." And it, they all have looked at me going, this is an alternate way of doing something. Even, even my wife as a teacher, she said that um, the teachers don't even understand Common Core. Like, then how are they teaching it? Yeah, to me, it's inefficient. And it's oh, God, yeah. And when, like- you know, I'm looking at some of these, again, I, I just give a, I get a migraine looking at my kids' homeworks going, 
okay, here's how I would solve it. Well, that's not right. Well, okay. I'll let you do it your way. But well, thankfully, like, uh, thankfully, my my youngest son, he isn't he is an accountant. He's he's going to have his he's passed three of his four sections of CPA and he's nice. working as an accountant. And, you know, he doesn't have to put up with any of that nonsense because, again, Common Core, I don't know what it's out there for. I mean, but it's it's just not it's not applicable to real life uh, usage of math. And and again, eh, you know. Um, I, th- I think, I think all this, all this, you know, all this new, new stuff. I mean, I think it's just making, you know, one thing I'm encouraged about is that it seems like there's a lot more parents getting involved in their yes. students education these days and they're seeing the nonsense and the social engineering that's going on. And they're just saying, you know, Enough. I'm either going to have a voice or I'm out of here. I think you're going to see a rat, you know, over the fifth, over the next you know, shoot five years. I think a rapid, I think you're going to see a rapid escape from uh, public school into private and homeschool. That's already starting in some areas of California. Oh yeah. Yeah. I look at my wife will probably correct me on this, which is fine. She's the teacher. I'm not, but what they're trying to do in common core from my perception, not my, my opinion, just my perception of what I see is they're trying to teach critical thinking in math. I'm going, okay, I can see part of critical thinking. If you got word problems, okay. But they're trying to think critical thinking in math. And I'm like, you don't critically think in math. One and one is two. Not 10, you know, you got to you know, do it this way to get. Yeah, not everything's a mnemonic. Not everything's a, a you know, a, um, um a uh, you know a, a a a process with with you know little little hoops to jump through. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I, I gather, I, I I understand how you know real life problems are, you know, they are math problems, and I did a lot of word problems in in college and high school and stuff, but they were all along the variety of, you know. Uh, If you have a train going 60 miles an hour going from Pittsburgh and then you have a, a truck driving on the interstate at uh, at 70 miles an hour from the Orleans, whatever, and there's an intersection at, uh, you know, St. Louis, uh, you know, how fast does the truck need to be going to hit the train at, you know, whatever. And so it's like, I, I understand that, but it's like, um, you know, some of the things I saw with my kids were just, you know, the word problems and then the rubrics they teach you, the mnemonics, you know, just, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's already too complicated. And one last thing I'll say about the, about the, um, you know, the, the, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, there have been, there have been lots of vocational things that have been taken away uh, from, um, from the public schools. And at least in the school district, my kids went to, they had one high school dedicated to career focus, but their career focus was stuff like, um, you know, audiovisual, like you know, running running a camera for a for a TV station or running a mixer board for a radio station, uh, fashion design, okay, uh, culinary. Uh, again, a lot of a lot of kids want to go into culinary space. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but you know things like you say shop 
uh, electrical, you know, plumbing, AC that I and wood wood shop and and all that stuff that you mentioned. You know, when I graduated in 1980. You know, they they were all going strong there. Fast forward 40 some years now, it's like and and these things are gone. Guess what? Some of the highest paid people that I meet in a lot of networking groups that I go to to go, you know, try to find business. Who are they? Plumbers, uh-huh. electricians, <laughs> HVAC company owners. Probably HVAC because guess what? It gets hot as balls here in Texas. <laughs> and, it, and it starts now. It starts in May and it goes through October. And everybody is, you know, probably needs a tune-up. Everybody probably needs yeah. a repair every three or four years. And it's like, you know, but they're not teaching those skills. And and these these business owners, they can't get people who are even interested in becoming apprentices. That's like, man, you know, talking about a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the schools won't see it. So, of course not. No, I mean, you know, again, that's what I'm saying. You know, the biggest lie, I, I, and I have two kids who graduated college, but the biggest lie I think we've ever told our kids is that you have to have a college degree to be successful. Yes. That, that's, that's a huge lie. And, and again, it's, um, it's not just in terms of financial, but it's just in terms of, you know, some kids just don't want to be in an office. Some kids want to work outside. And, and it's like, why not prepare them for a skill that everybody needs? Yeah. Everybody needs them. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I've, I've told my kids, I've told each one of my kids, they have four options when they get out of high school. Military, trade, yeah. go to work. It was a f- college. Thank you. Yeah. Brain fart. Yeah. So there are four options. My, my, my surrogate brain just reminded me. Um, but yeah, four options. And I'm like, I'm not saying they have to go to college, but if they want to I do what I did, I went to college and worked. I mean, I took care of two stone, two birds, but, but like, well, that's it. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, as we're seeing with, with the, uh, you know, with the current administration talking about forgiving student loans and I had student loans, I paid them off. Um, you know, so I don't really have a whole lot of sympathy because again, um, you know, no place I've ever been. And I, I signed papers for college loans is just like I've signed mortgage papers and credit card applications and car notes and stuff like that in the past. Nobody's ever held a gun to my head. You know, I don't know what about these guys. Uh, people think that, you know, they were, they were duped into. Uh, it's the, I want, uh, I want, you know, I want their, three generations. But, uh, but I mean, you know, again, um, it, there's going to come a day when, when, you know, we're going to be allocating, uh, you know, services kind of like we're, you know, we, we could possibly be, you know, rationing food. If you believe what's, what's going on, uh, in the world is, is impacting our, our national food supply. Um, you know, and I, I just think that, that parents today are taking a lot more st- stock in, you know, I'm, I'm looking at what the infrastructure is, is producing. And I think I can do it better, or I think I need to invest my money and my kids for a better outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I know yeah. we're running a little bit, we're running an hour and a half and I'm pretty sure my wife wants me to do some honeydew stuff. So yeah, I got some place to be in, a, in about an hour and a half. So I got, I got a scoot. So it's just been a great conversation today, man. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. It's awesome. They're getting better. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Maybe my uh, uh, maybe my rig will be up uh, up and running uh, uh, like I like I hope it should be, and uh, maybe my uh, my audio will be better. <laughs> yeah, just you know what? Just give me a call or text me, and I'll I can jump on if I'm near my computer and help you through it. <laughs> okay. So, all right, all righty, right. sir. Have a good week. You too. We'll see you next time. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for staying and listening today. If you'd like to get a hold of myself, I can be reached at area code 707-385-9698. Please leave a voicemail or send a text. I can also be reached at digitalagedescendants at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening. Hello, and thanks again for listening. If you could leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify doesn't currently allow ratings. So if you could leave me and or Mike a rating, tell us how you like the show. That would be awesome. Thanks for listening.